1: Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook them Up, 1019-AM-1260, The Horn.
2: Oh, it is, Hook them Up, and uh, if you don't know, Monty, this is the fabulous fifth quarter, this is our final quarter of the week, so this is the... uh, And this is head-to-head, right? This is the super quarter. Well, no, since we've gone from four hours to five hours, we call it the fabulous fifth quarter, or fifth hour. And certainly on a Friday, you just never know what's going to happen. Typically, where we go off the rails, crazy stuff happens. We've been a little delusional since we've been here since uh, before 5 o'clock in the morning and on air since 6. Hey, keep an eye on the Ryder Cup. Uh, Justin Thomas, Jordan Spieth clinging to a one-up lead on Victor Hovland and Terrell Hatton. That's a very important match for the USA. If you're just tuning in, uh, they teed off just after 1 o'clock this morning over in Italy, and the Europeans went to beating the heck out of the United States, won all four matches in the foursomes matches that went on overnight. And uh, now they're doing the afternoon matches, morning here. And uh, so they're in a 4-0 hole. They need this one. Victor Hovland, Terrell, this is the first match of the afternoon session. And uh, if Thomas and Spieth could put a point on the board for the uh, Stars and Stripes, that would be big. Also, Scotty Scheffler uh, and his teammate Brooks Kepka are tied with John Rahm and Nicola Ho- Hojgaard. That uh, is about, what are they, about the, through the 14th hole. So about four to go. That's an important one because there's a chance – the USA could win three straight matches to start day start the afternoon, which would yeah. be such a touch bounce back, um, because they're leading in the first one that will finish. They're tied in the second with that Scheffler Rom head to head, and then they're two up in the Max Homa, Wyndham Clark, Bob McIntyre Justin Rose match. They're going to lose the Rory McIlroy Matt Fitzpatrick Colin Morikawa Xander Shoffley match. That one's four up. They're about to be dormied here uh, playing the the, but you know Morikawa and Shoffley have won two straight holes, but. That's Only gotten them back into to a you know salvageable, so we'll keep an eye. But it looks like there's a chance the USA could get two, maybe three points. Scheffler and Kepka just went up, up one. Well, that's big. Scheffler and Kepka, that means the United States leads all three of the matches at the top of day two, afternoon one, two, and three. So that would be a great response if, now, they, oh, if, they, if no they come kidding. in if they go into tonight, uh, down five, three. After falling behind five four nothing, that would be huge. And, yep.
0: and the boys are coming back against uh, Rory and Fitzpatrick. They're four up now through twelve. So I mean, down from six a few holes ago.
2: Okay, There's, it's possible. Anything is possible. Anything's possible. We will. Well, I didn't think four nos possible <laughs> the first ones. That was bad for the USA. They stumbled out of the gate. <laughs> didn't do well in the alternate shot matches. And uh, that's typically the Euros are better at the alternate shot than the United States. For Remember when Tiger and Phil and they tried to put Tiger and Phil together in alternate shot, and they nearly like. <laughs> I got cut a fist fight, <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Uh, okay, so Ty, you ready? to Go head to head. You got some college football music for us. We got to go. We got to go. We got to go big here. I'm coming off a five and zero week, so I'm, I'm likely to collapse here. Out five and zero. Yeah, I hit every pick I had last week, and I felt good about all my picks. One of them was Texas with the uh, minus fourteen and a half against the uh, Baylor Bears, and I like that pick a lot. Uh, but I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to avoid the pick with Texas and Kansas. I think the, the lines makers have that right about on. Uh, I think 16 and a half, 17 is about right. I see that game 41-24 kind of game. You know, 42-27 kind of game. Maybe 40 or 38, 21, something along those lines. So I think that's where they have this game right with Texas and Kansas. What is your first pick there, Ty? I'm not taking Texas or Kansas. I'll take t- Texas, minus
0: 17. I think they win by at least 30 points.
2: Dang, Ty's it's, going all big. I'm,
0: I'm, I'm feeling it this week. I don't think this Kansas team can compete. Texas built different this year.
2: Built different. All right, so Ty has got uh, Texas minus. What, what's our number we're giving you officially? Uh, let's let's just do 17. I said they'll win by 30. All right, that's fine. Texas plus 17. There minus, we go. Minus. minus, I should say, sorry. Uh, all right, my first pick is going to be one I think you're going opposite. I'm taking uh, the USC Trojans, laying the 21 and a half. At Colorado, it's a 10 o'clock kick mountain time because it's the big noon Fox kickoff. But as I said earlier with USC, uh, they have the. it's either they or Washington is the most prolific offense in all of college football. Um, they have the best player in college football in Caleb Williams, who's thrown 15 touchdowns and no interceptions this year. Uh, and their defense can sometimes give up plays, but not on the interior. They lead the nation in pressure rate against opposing quarterbacks when not blitzing. Which means they get to, they get to the quarterback from their down four and leave can leave seven and sometimes eight in coverage. I like that stat because Colorado can't protect Shador Sanders. You said Shador Sanders running for his life. Yeah, he's been sacked twenty like twenty-two times already this year. That is not a good recipe. Travis Hunter's not playing, which means you can't lock up the best receiver and you can't have a bet your best target on the field at the same time. He's still not healthy. So uh, this game, to me, is very similar to last week. I think it will be closer longer than the Oregon game, but I think in the end uh, the USC Trojans are close to 50, and I think you'll see um, Colorado about 17 or 20 points. So uh, I've got USC. i got Colorado, plus plus twenty-one and a half. Well,
0: I think. I think Coach – he's not going to get embarrassed like that two weeks in a row. They'll, they'll make some adjustments, figure it out. I, still, I don't think they'll win the game, but I think they'll keep it within three touchdowns.
2: All right. Well, since we're going head to head, let's just leave it at twenty one. How about that? Twenty one. Okay. It's just so we don't have a well twenty one and a half is fine. Twenty one and that's fine. Uh okay. Uh then your second pick tie. You've got Texas and Colorado. Okay. By the way, call it Coach Prime, you know he's not playing.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> have you seen his pregame speeches? Okay. Have you seen USC play? Yeah. It's whatever.
2: <laughs> I'm just I'm they gotta play a team. Uh USC
0: hasn't played anyone either. Well, like San Jose I, State. I don't, I don't
2: know what to expect.
1: I, I don't know what to expect. If Colorado comes out and plays them dead even the first quarter, will you
2: be shocked? I wouldn't be shocked at I would, all. I would be. I've seen their lines of scrimmage. USC is significantly more talented because Oregon pushed them, did anything they wanted, and I think USC is better than Oregon. Uh, uh, well, and I know game to game, home versus road. One thing that's interesting that it is a ten o'clock kick mountain time. It is nine o'clock for USC. I'm assuming. Uh, you know, Lincoln Riley's been doing some morning practices out there, trying to do some morning work to try sure. to get your, your body clock right for that early kick. I mean, that's that's rare for them. I just think the overall talent is really wide. I mean, USC is among the two or three most talented teams in the country well, with I've the best player in the country. Colorado's not. Fifteen
1: uh, touchdowns in, what, three games?
2: Yeah, four. Four. four games. All right, uh, so my second pick, tie, I am going to take from the college ranks The Maryland Terrapins. I rode them last week. I like Maryland. They're 4-0. they got two as little brother playing quarterback for them. They're a 14.5-point favorite hosting Indiana. They're at Maryland. I'm going to take Maryland and uh, not worry about the the more than two touchdowns. I think Maryland putting them – and I'm not really impressed with Indiana so far this year. So I've got Maryland at home, minus 14.5.
0: Okay. Uh, Third pick here. I'll take Michigan at Nebraska, 230 on Saturday, minus 17.5. Michigan hasn't covered this year. But Nebraska, as we've talked about this week, might be the most quarterback challenge team in the Power Five. Uh, I think they take care of them in the big house.
2: I will give you that. I like that, and you're right. Michigan hasn't covered; uh, they've been close, but uh, uh, I don't know. Yeah, you're right. Matt Rule's team. I haven't seen a team with a worse quarterback situation than they trot out there on a day by day basis. It's not good, Monty. Monty, it's bad. It's bad. The uh, i you know I've been
1: I watch Michigan because I got a. Son that goes to school there, but uh, it, it, no, they they haven't uh, they haven't been tested at all. I think some reason they haven't covered is they've been bored to tears. Uh, and and this will be this will this will be a different kind of thing. All right, I'm going to take some points
2: of. here on my third pick. I'm going to take the Houston Cougars getting eight and a half points at Texas Tech. I know Lubbock is a different place, but they've been there. They have played in Lubbock. I mean, this, they played home and home series with with Houston before. This was a Big Twelve conference game. Uh, there's also the factor that Houston's quarterback is Donovan Smith. He's the uh, former Texas Tech quarterback. Uh, Dana Holgerson's team. I'm not. A, I'm not a huge fan. But but getting eight and a half points against a backup quarterback, even in Lubbock, I'm going to take those points and be happy about it. I got Houston Cougars at Texas Tech.
0: Okay, um, I'll take UCF minus twelve and a half at home against Baylor, two thirty on Saturday. Nice. I, I mean, we watched
2: Baylor play last week. Is shaping back, though? Remember, he's listed as day to day. Uh, Blake
0: Shapin could return for that game. I don't think it matters. John Rice Plumley and Gus Malzone and the Knights will will put up probably 40
2: points on that What Baylor was that defense. Michigan line, by the way? 17.5. 17.5. Okay, you got some big numbers there. I, Of course, you got the 21 points in the USC game. Okay, so I've got USC, Maryland, Houston. I'm also going to take the Eat 'em Up Cats, your alma mater, Ty. Give me Texas State. I think they're, uh, people aren't on the Texas State train. Sometimes at these uh, lower levels, you can find some good ones. Uh, they're playing a Southern Miss team that's one and three. Uh, they're not very good. And Texas State is a, a quality three and one. They'd be four and zero if not for uh, you know a, a seven point loss at UTSA. That was a hard fought fourth quarter game. Either uh, is there is substance at Texas State that 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 you know thirty five point eruption in the second half last week against Nevada. I am riding and I'm getting inside a touchdown. It's minus five and a half. I got Texas State.
0: I will take Southern Mississippi.
2: Ooh, you're Mississippi. not buying
0: your alma mater. No, I'm not. Plus six and a half. Is that what? That's five and a like? half. I have it at six and a half.
2: I have it at five and a half. So we're taking five and a half. Okay. Thank you very
0: much. Okay. <laughs> Vegas says otherwise right now, but I'll well, still take five and a half.
2: Well, you you dial straight into Vegas. There are different lines. I I have an app that tracks <laughs> the movement. I'm looking at it
1: right here. You dial straight into Vegas.
0: I got it right here. Okay. Caesars has them at six and a half. This this is oddshark. Com five and a half. BetMGM six
2: and a half. Okay, well then, I'm not, seeing, I'm not seeing five anywhere, anywhere, anywhere in here. What's your six? Right. Me in the middle. All right, six it is. Six it is. All right, final pick for me, after you took Southern Miss, is I'm going to, uh, I'm going to take the New England Patriots and six and a <laughs> half points at the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday night, on Sunday afternoon. Uh, six and a half too much. I think it's an inside of you know four, four to five point game, maybe a field goal. New England has one and two. But their first two losses were to, I think, two of the best teams in pro football, and the Eagles and Dolphins, and they were both one-score games. Uh, now they're on the road against the uh, Cowboys. They've got Will Greer helping them with some, you know, intel getting ready for this. I'm going to take Bill Belichick. Give him me six and a half points. Uh, I think they'll make. Dak, I think he'll make Dak Prescott make some mistakes, and uh, I don't know. Do we know where the health of the Cowboys' offensive line is? I think there's going to be some game time decisions with this Cowboys' offensive line that could be a big factor too for me. But I'm going to take New England in the Zeke Elliott returns to Dallas game.
0: I like that. Um, I'll take. Can I take an over under? Sure. I'll take under forty and a half. You've the, already
2: got five picks. Do I? Yeah, you've got Texas, Colorado, Michigan, UCF, and Southern in, Miss. No way, is it like chess where
1: you got to take your hand off the thing Can you change one of your? No, if you I want to go over, I under? don't want to
2: change either.
0: But can I just give the people a bonus? Yes, all over see. under that. I'm this is the, actually the pick I'm most confident about. This okay. will be my Sex Panther pick of the day: Baltimore, Cleveland, under forty and a half. Kind of like that too.
2: Okay, there you go. Uh, this is USC. Oregon's D considerably better than USC's defense. Well, I think that's true overall. Uh, we'll find out when they play each other in November. But Oregon's D, USC's defense is improved. Uh, and as I said, when I look at the analytic that says pressure rate without blitzing, number one in the country is USC. That tells me they're getting home with down four. That tells me they're they're pressuring quarterbacks uh, with their, their defensive line at the highest rate of anybody in the country. And I watch, US, I watch Colorado's offensive line. That's a mismatch. That's a problem. They have a hard time protecting Shadour Sanders no matter the situation. That's the kind of thing that turns in games into blowouts when you can't protect your quarterback. You can't, you know. We know Colorado runs the ball for fifty yards a game. Yeah, uh, they don't. They don't run the ball, uh, so USC doesn't really have to worry about that. It's all about Shadur Sanders, and they rush the quarterback without blitzing. I think it's a bad mismatch for them. They're gonna have a hard time moving the ball, and I think that'll lead to some turnovers. When which I, Alex Grinch's defense is always big on forcing turnovers.
1: When I think of the Oregon game against Colorado, because I did watch it start to finish. Because I'm a, I'm a prime time fan. I mean, I Me really I, I really like the guy, and uh, but it was very clear from the opening series. So I remember Oregon started with the ball, and they just and they marched down the field. I don't think they were, I think
2: they gained yardage and significant yardage every play for the first like twenty. Well, plays. look, I don't think this is going to look like the Oregon game. I mean, the Oregon game, Deion Sanders, you could tell was pretty embarrassed about it. His team talked a lot of trash, and then just got. They didn't respond when when the, the the first punches were thrown. And I don't think this will be that, right? I mean, it's going to be a hype crowd. Deion will have his team ready to play. They'll play better. I just think they're playing a significantly better opponent. 21 is a lot. But the combination of Caleb Williams, like no one has stopped. I know they haven't played a lot of people, but no one has stopped their offense, right? Their offense is it's Lincoln Riley, one of the best play designers, play callers in the country, with the best player in the country uh, and weapons everywhere. Uh, I just don't see Colorado's defense getting many stops, and then I, th- I see USC getting plenty and maybe even forcing some turnovers that lead to quick points. Uh, I, again, I don't think it's going to be the physical manhandling at the line of scrimmage like Oregon was. This one could be a little bit more methodical.
1: Ty, Ty I have to ask you this because you're closer to, uh, to college age, but it's a 10 o'clock kick. Are the majority of Colorado students – going to be able to get up that early, or are they just staying up all night long and going to a 10 a.m. game? Well, Colorado is a bit of a stoner school. Um, a bit? It is
0: the stoner school. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I don't think they'll – it's not like here – Like I, from my personal experience hey, being a fake – Hey,
2: man, let's go Buffalo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: My brother goes there, trust me, I know. Um, but, I mean, I, on campus here for an 11 a.m. kickoff, I would get up at 6.30 – start drinking, I go to wherever I'm going. But there, drinking. I doubt – I mean, yeah. if it was a regular Colorado game and coach and all the hoopla that's surrounding the program wasn't there, no, I don't think anyone would be there. But for Coach Prime, they'll show out. And USC, that's probably the biggest home game of the year for them. So, it's a shame
2: it's at 11 a.m. or well, 10 no, a.m. No, the game is at Colorado.
0: Yeah, so it's 10 a.m. there, right?
2: Yes, and yeah. 9 a.m. Be, their body be clock. be nine, 9 if it were a USC well, home I, game. I don't disagree with you, Monty, about the uh, the game time because – I do think I do think that impacts the crowd a little bit. Yeah, that's a that's an early get up after a Friday night. You're not going to be as hyped. You know the the night game they played with Colorado State was electric, right? I mean that was all day to get ready, and the Nebraska game was two thirty. This is this is early for that them. That could work
0: in Colorado's favor, though. I feel like if
2: one team's not going to get up, it's going to be
0: USC. Colorado um, has passed no, uh, to, to be ready after last week they sure have
2: to. Monty was talking about the the fans and I do think the crowd will not be as impactful as it might be and it's only 50 thousand no in I, stadium.
1: I, that's I, w- I was wondering if if you know the, there'll be the same level of energy pre-kickoff just, just because spark it's a up 10. a bone and go get some breakfast I understand that spark always makes up a bone that, that always makes crowds really get fired up is <laughs> to get high Amen. It's like are we playing today <laughs> prime time prime time. I love that guy. hey just get on to get some of those
0: prime time shades yeah. throw them on no one will ever know.
1: We had a dude on say so He cut a gummy in half. Can you believe it? <laughs> oh, man. Here we go. We've
2: got uh, Monty in the, <laughs> the house. The fifth hour is now. I see the fifth hour is dangerous. See what happens in the fifth I'm hour. I'm
1: succumbing
2: already. See, it just gets you. You don't oh, even know man. why. And all of a sudden, you're just going, you're like, you're on the laughing gas or something all of a sudden. It's unbelievable. Okay. Uh, so uh, those are our picks. We'll see you in great. And we're also watching USA, USA. And things are looking good right now. It was pretty ugly early, without a doubt. Uh, let me give you a quick update because we're watching, they're playing this outside of Rome and the uh, the overnight was uh, a Roman romp, as we called it this morning. They went 4-0. Well, here we go. Um, U.S. Oh, the Thomas Spieth is all of a sudden tied. Hovland and Terrell Hatton have won holes 14 and 16 and uh, they are now even playing the 17th hole that's not optimal but the USA has taken the lead in the match 2 which is Scotty Scheffler and Brooks Koepka, one up on John Rahm and Nicola Hojgaard also have uh, Max Holman and Wyndham Clark still up in their match by two so um, you know that would be that would be tough if Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth you know don't finish this they were up two uh, two up with after 13 and now they're even that that was a quick swing and remember, uh, Monty, Victor Hovland at the end of when he won the FedEx FedEx Cup was playing like Tiger Woods level golf. I mean, this guy was playing unbelievable. So that's what they're going against right now, Hovland and Hatton. And you remember you're playing your own ball, so all it takes is one guy to get hot. John Rahm just nailed a long putt. He's fired up. That means this the match with Scheffler and Kepka is now even. This is not gonna go without a fight, Monty. John Rahm
0: just hit a huge chip in.
2: Oh, was that a chip oh, really? in? I thought it was a putt. I just it looked up and saw the putt it rolling might have been in. A putt. I saw it rolling in and him jumping up and down. So, uh, yeah, all even, all square in that match that the USA had just Well, we'll know
1: by by the end of the fifth hour. I mean, we'll know a lot. I think we will. Because they're they're all approaching. I mean, I'm looking at it on the TV. You know, the
2: shadows are getting long. Yeah, well – I'll look at the official time in Rome here in a minute, but I will tell you this. We're also going to do a What's Poppin' uh, segment before the end of the hour to get you ready for the whole weekend of high school football, baseball, Astros, Rangers. Rangers took a gut punch last night, folks. I don't know if you're you, here in the fabulous fifth hour. You may have stayed up to see it, but uh, Rangers were up 2-1, to one, ninth inning. How many times have you heard this? All they need is three outs, and Neraldis Chapman came in the game. This was, by the way, to close out the Mariners, clinch a playoff berth, and put them. They really put the uh, the Mariners on complete life support. Uh, and and because remember the the Rangers swept the Mariners this past weekend. The Astros then came in and took two out of three. If you close this game out last night, Mariners are sliding. And instead, Aroldis Chapman came in. And as Ty said accurately, Aroldis is either really lights out or he's bad. There's really not a middle ground for him. He gave up two hits and a single, and the bases were all, all of a sudden loaded with nobody out. They go to the bullpen. And uh, boy, uh, Hernandez comes in and is pitching great. He gets the first two outs uh, with weak contact. One was a foul out, and you're thinking, okay, we're gonna, they're going to pitch out of this. They're going to clinch this playoff spot. Well, then uh, JP Crawford uh, got a little, you know one of the one of the pitches kind of tailed back in. It was like a it was a lot of movement on the ball, tailed back in right over the plate. JP Crawford uh, lifted it uh, out towards left field, towards left field foul pole, and it's a play that it looked like Evan Carter, the left fielder, should have made. Ty, have you seen this play yet? No, I still haven't seen it. Oh, my gosh. it just, I mean, I think he misjudged it or lost the too. ball because he was running towards the warning track, and then all of a sudden he just turned like the ball was going to hit the wall, and it bounced right yeah. on the warning track. He
1: was looking over his left shoulder and then just turned like he, th- he, either,
2: he may have thought he was going to run into the wall, you know,
1: in the next tenth of a second, but he stopped. Yes, If he would have turned further
2: around, rotated to begin to face the ball, he'd have caught that ball. Well, it's one of those things when you see the uh, outfielder turn his body like he's not going to catch it, you're waiting for it to bounce off the wall or yeah. go over the fence No, or he something. thought it was, yeah, I mean, he misjudged. And instead, it just landed <laughs> like three feet in front of him on the warning track. And uh, that would have been the final out of the game. Instead, it goes for a two-run walk-off double. And... Uh, you know, Mariners win. So Rangers are still fine, but those are the kind of plays, and I don't want to say Nelson Cruz, but you just, you think about, um, you know, they still have three games to play in Seattle. Uh, Mariners now all of a sudden have life. Their crowd went crazy. They they get a big walk-off win. Now you got to play them three more times this weekend. Uh, you could have buried them right there. Astros were also hopeful that he would have made that catch because uh, I don't think the Astros are very optimistic they can catch the Rangers now. Uh, They just want to have the Mariners eliminated, and they go ahead and take care of their business. They play tonight in Arizona, so we'll preview those games coming up and take your thoughts as a Ranger fan. Should he have caught that ball? I believe so. Coming back, we're going to hear from Steve Sarkeesian as well one more time uh, what he had to say yesterday in his final media appearance ahead of the game with Kansas. Details coming. Sart coming here on Hook'Em Up. Aaron Hogan.
1: Rod Babers. Hook'Em Up. 1019-AM-1260. The Horn.
2: Coming up before the top of the hour, we will uh, get our what's-popping picks and what's-popping for us this weekend, including this show tonight, Monty. I will be at the Moody Amphitheater tonight for Wilco.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll had miss, somebody had to miss it last night in Dallas. Oh, uh, the guy who did the 30 for 30 on SMU, Th- Thad? Thaddeus Matula. Thaddeus Matula, I saw on Facebook, had tickets to last night's Wilco show in Dallas, but unfortunately had to remain in New England and couldn't make it. Okay. I bet you never saw that coming, that whole story. <laughs> yeah.
2: You just saw it on Facebook, so that gave you the That's right. Um, the, uh, the, the band Wilco plays tonight over at Moody Amphitheater. so looking forward to that. And uh, that'll be part of my big weekend. Of course, we'll be at uh, Mockingbird Saloon tomorrow at noon, uh, getting you ready for Texas-Kansas, two hours of pregame. And Rod Babers will join me for the first time since he's been out with uh, the birth of his young young baby. baby girl. So we'll, I'm sure, hear some of uh, what's been going on with Rod tomorrow. Of course, Rod will be back with us on Monday morning, uh, raring to go and talking Texas, Kansas. I've really missed Rod. Not that I don't appreciate you being here, Monty, but uh, was really eager to hear Rod's uh, deep dive analysis on this Kansas team. Oh, absolutely! But uh, the film like study—you
1: guys have a very data. I was saying this off the air, a very data-rich show. I think I, I can't imagine there is a twosome in sports, you know, broadcasting and and streaming and everything, talking daily every morning where you get so much information, so much statistical analysis and interpretation and history. I mean, you remember who was a fifth-round pick. Of somebody 15 years ago. I don't know how you do it, and I don't know how Rod can spend that much time preparing. I mean, it's a it's a hell of a well, show. Well, I mean, it I, really is.
2: I mean, for me, it's just you know, is this a, a gift? I ha- not a gift, but let's I, I have a memory for weird things like that. But Rod, it's work, right? I mean, that's how Rod would tell you. I mean, he he grew up being a studier of the game of football, right? That's why he says a football theorist. As a player, he was always prepared and watching film and. Uh, that's how he made it into the national football league and would have played longer if he hadn't had shoulder injuries uh and so when he got into radio he just carried it right into right into you know his this profession to where he it's just what he does he loves watching film he loves analyzing games he loves uh looking for tendencies and nuances from teams and then he he does a great job of bringing that in a consumable way to us so we can kind of understand it as a player would understand or a coach would understand it uh, which is man, you just don't yeah. get that m- m- many other places.
1: It's a gr- It's a great talent to be able to make that make sense for the audience. I'm not, you know, I mean, he's he can pick out, he can pick out one or two things that when you hear it, it makes complete sense. He said something last week or two weeks ago about the biggest challenge a defense can face is when you have a true double option. You've got an option quarterback and the backfield is empty everybody 's out there, and it 's just you, but you can do two things really well. He said that could and that like you know changed my football life just thinking about it that way. He constantly comes up with things that I think are really
2: interesting no he does and he 's almost always right <laughs> when he 's breaking, he's breaking <laughs> it down really and something. how how teams are going to attack other teams because look he 's looking at it like a coach would when he watches a game. You know, when he comes in and talks about Texas, sometimes the fans, their audience thinks he's, they, he's criticizing. He's just saying, no, no, just, you can just expect this is how they're going to try to attack you, right? This is where they're going to try to, to get you. So we'll get that from Rod tomorrow. Rod will be with for a couple hours. Can't wait to hear his thoughts on this Texas and Kansas game. Uh, can we hear from Sark? Uh, yesterday, every Thursday, he does his... Uh, his uh, the uh, the Zoom call uh, after practice on a Thursday morning and then uh, gets his thoughts. Uh, he was asked about, is there a comparable player to Jalen Daniels? Do you, Is there someone you've seen of late that reminds you of this, this quarterback? Remember, Jalen Daniels, Monty, was the preseason Big 12 Offensive Player of the Year pick right, by the media. Uh, and what he's doing right now, what Kansas is doing, is not a surprise. Jalen Ford was the preseason all Big 12 defensive player of the week, of the year pick, and both are playing at an extremely high level. That's a great chess match between that quarterback and this linebacker who is playing as well as any in the country. Uh, but here's Sark on uh, comparable players to what uh, Jalen Daniels' skill set is all about.
3: Yeah, you know, I think probably the, the closest thing was last year going against. Uh, kind of Martinez at Kansas state, which, which going into that game, we weren't really sure which quarterback was going to go. It was Will Howard. It was Martinez Martinez played, but they, Kansas state has a lot of offense too. And that they, they have option football at at their finest. You still have to defend the play action pass. Uh, You had to defend Deuce Vaughn um, and they still ran the ball really well. You know, so that was a very complete offensive football team. Uh, And in that game, it kind of felt like when you play Kansas, I man, you, you better, you better maintain and, and corral the quarterback, you know, because he's, he's a weapon throwing it and running it. And Daniel's the running back, Devin Neal is a, is a really good player, very versatile guy. I and mean, I think he has 11 catches on the year as well for you know, almost 200 yards. And then they have the scheme to do all the other things with the play action pass and whatnot. So that's probably the most comparable thing, but I would say Kansas is unique to themselves in, in what they do. And so the best, Thing that we had to prepare for Kansas was having to defend them the last two years, quite frankly. And and so we were fortunate enough to uh, th- had to play them two years in a row. Um, the second year, we did a little better than the first year of, of getting some stops.
2: Yeah, this game was 55-14 last year at Kansas. The Longhorn fans, I think, are feeling pretty confident. I would also say that was an end-of-the-year Kansas team. Uh, and and it, I, I don't make an excuse for Kansas, but they aren't the deepest team, right? Does, Lance Leipold is still working with, with scholarship issues and numbers of players that, that, that since he first got there remember when Texas when they beat Texas 2 years ago they only had like they had under under 50 scholarship players that year because of what less miles left and just the challenges uh, and now here they are uh you know 2 years later and and a lot better by the way, Scotty Scheffler just hit a huge putt uh, that gave the USA a lead now. Uh, big birdie uh, for Team USA. Scotty Scheffler birdies out. I mean, obviously you're playing your own ball here in these these afternoon rounds. So, USA back in front with one hole to play now. They have a chance to get a full point. They can uh, likely, I mean, it's typically a match wave on if you par. They've got to make a birdie to beat you. So, we'll keep an eye on this. This means the U.S. is up in two of these matches, tied in another, and way back in a third. We'll probably have the final total before we get out of here. But let's hear Sark talking about, uh, I guess my point with Kansas is this. Last year's team was banged up. Jalen Daniels was hurt, wasn't healthy. Their whole team was kind of banged up, and Texas just steamrolled them. Uh, this year's Kansas team is much fresher. Uh, they're much more confident. They're 4-0. and Remember, Kansas was 4-0 last year at this time. Uh they started. They just started taking injuries and they weren't deep enough. I think through the transfer portal this offseason, Kansas has done a good job of addressing some of that depth issue. And so Texas will see a deeper and I think a little a lot better team. Uh here's Sark on having a balanced offense. They gotta be able to run it and throw it. They got to uh you know match what Kansas is gonna do offensively. Uh here's here Sark on, on keeping keeping uh, things moving offensively.
3: Well, I, I do think it's important. You know, I, I think inevitably for us we're always at our best when, when we, when we can run the football effectively. Um, I think that that, um, helps the RPO game, which, which we definitely like to do. I think it helps the play action pass game, which we like to do. Um, and then it helps the drop back pass game because, you know, people deploy their people differently when they feel the threat of the run game. Uh, ultimately, you know, the coverages a lot of times dictate where that ball's going to go predicated on where their emphasis is of who they're trying to take away and what they're trying to defend. Um, And I think Quinn's done a nice job of not forcing the ball, but yet allowing the reads to come to him and distributing the ball effectively. Um, and, And that's the beauty of when you have multiple weapons is that you don't feel like you have to move people to specific spots and then you can become predictable. And I think now... know we put our starting 11 out there predicated on the personnel that we're in that you have xavier you have jt you have ad you have jordan you have jonathan brooks you have gunner helm when we're in when some of our 12 personnel all of those guys have proven to make their plays when their opportunities presented themselves so naturally as we go certain games other guys are going to have bigger games than others predicated on some of the coverages that we get and last week it it happened to be JT I thought he had a fantastic ball game Uh, we've seen AD have multiple touchdown games we've seen the playmaking ability of Xavier so um, the key for us is to make sure that we've got a good plan uh, week to week and that the guys you know understand that plan and execute the plan and just know by the end of a ball game everybody's going to have opportunities but there might be a guy or two that just has a little bit of a bigger game predicated on uh what the defense decides to do
2: there you go um double I mean again this offense when it's cooking is as tough as any to stop in college football i mean usc we talked about michigan state or washington state Washington is very good. These, are, but I think Texas can be in that conversation offensively as they continue to, if as Sark says, they continue to improve week to week and uh, fix things that are that are cropping up because uh, the Rice game was not great offensive offensive line wise. Uh, that got better with Alabama. They were dropping balls and uh, they just haven't played that clean game yet. the The Wyoming game was kind of sputtery for in the passing game for three quarters until they erupted. the The Baylor game. Was as good as it's looked, right? I mean, they just dominated. Can they pick that up and it starting? It really starts for me, as Sark just said, Monty, with the running game with Jonathan Brooks. And this was a team that went to Kansas last week last year and rushed for over four hundred yards. Uh So they've got to feel like they can line up, even with an improved Kansas defense and a deeper Kansas defense, and mano a mano just be physical with them and you know start that way and see if they can stop Jonathan Brooks. I mean, you know, and C.J. Baxter. And if they, it's going to be a hot day. It's going to be two thirty in the afternoon. Can you establish that running game to give the offense everything Sark just said? Uh, I personally would like to see them try that, just because they had no chance last year. Let's see where they are this year. Let's see how much better you are on defense. Test you with this the the the, the physicality of our team versus yours.
1: Well, both. That's right. Both teams want to run the ball I mean KU is basically an option running team yeah. that can pass out of it and the thing is is that as Texas if I come out saying we're going to stop the run throw a deep pass if you think you can make it but we're stopping the run they're going to be less likely to respond than if they commit totally to stopping Texas running game Texas will eat them alive. I mean Quinn yours will pick them apart I do believe that there's, there's a lot more options that Texas is going to have. Like you say, starting with better line play. But I think that Kansas, they they have a running game that you can scheme and just shut right down. That option, you can take their options away on the run and make them throw passes. I, I think that Texas is in much better position there.
2: And by the way, that uh, great point, by the way, and that, that huge birdie putt that Scotty Scheffler made, I don't think I've ever seen Scotty as animated as he was after he made it. Uh, and he was woofing at the uh, the European crowd because uh, they're, obviously they're hearing it from the, the from the partisans. And uh, we know Scotty Scheffler has has struggled with his putter in a bad, bad way this year um, in big moments. If not, he might have won. He, if, if you look at Scotty Scheffler's numbers, tee to green, if he had putted even average this year, he would have had a historically great year. Like, he was that good. He just had a hard time with the putter to hit that putt, to give USA a, a lead going to the 18th hole. And his emotion, this is going to be fun because, it, I mean, being down 5-3 to three is still in play here for the USA over there at the Ryder Cup. So we'll keep an eye on it. And that was a huge putt because they had had a two-up lead. Uh, Nick, uh, Victor Hovland and the Euros tied it at two at, at, you know, with two to play, and now they're back up one. So we'll see what happens at 18. But that really is. I mean, that, that's as emotional and as fired up as I think I've ever seen Scotty Scheffler after a made putt because uh, he walked off the green howling at the crowd. It was pretty cool. Good to I, see Scotty make a big putt. I didn't know that he wasn't putting well.
1: You no. know, I mean I I didn't follow it that <laughs> you know, That's weird. He's summer. always
2: been a great putter too, right back to his college days. I mean his short game immaculate. So what what made him the number 1 player in the world? He's you know, he's a big guy who hits the ball a long way, but he's long and straight and you know, creativity around the greens, his his bunker play is up and down and he's never been a you know, he's always been a clutch putter. This year, and that's that's how putting can go. It can get in your head. You just you start Overthinking things, and you don't let the putter head fly, you know, cleanly, and become your own worst enemy. That's uh, that's an issue. But th- that was a big hit. That was a big putt right there from about seven feet. Uh, never was in doubt. And Jordan Spieth just hit it in the water. Dang it! Hate it when that happens. Hate it when that happens. All right, we, uh, we'll continue. This guy says that, I just watched the Evan Carter play in left field for the Rangers. Really tough play with that spin and angle. Hard to blame him for that one. what no, we mentioned... We, we talked we about talked the talked camera about angle that we have. Yeah, from the angle. It, just, it could be an opt- a camera illusion that uh, the ball was further away from him than it was. And there was a lot of spin on the ball. I mean, that was like, a, you know, the 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 left-handed batter hit it you know kind of you know like a tennis player would like a backhand and it was tailing away from Evan Carter there's no doubt about that it just for the visual of it for a Rangers fan who remembers Nelson Cruz and this is the final out to end the game to clinch the playoff spot the visual of it as the ball just like harmlessly lands in the uh on the on the warning track, it's like, oh, man, catch the ball. The game's over. And, uh, you know, you just hope that doesn't lead to something that uh, the momentum back in the Mariners' corner a little bit. Uh, you know, Mariners are still alive. You didn't bury them. You didn't clinch your playoff spot. I still think the uh, percentages and the uh, options are really good. The other part for the Rangers is that Jordan Montgomery, their left-hander, pitched great last night. I mean, he has been so good for them. He's the guy no one remembers. He came from your Cardinals, Monty. They acquired him from St. Louis the same day they got Max Scherzer. Or the same trade deadline, I think it was 24-hour period, where they picked up Max. Uh, now, Max Scherzer's hurt. Like, what a boost that would be. But he can't pitch right now. So to see Jordan Montgomery go out and pitch that well, uh, it was 2-1 to one in into the ninth inning, and all he needed was three outs. That's where... That still continues to be the, the bugaboo for the Rangers right now. of getting, And that will be, even when they make the playoffs, is getting those final three outs. Because Aroldis Chapman is kind of a roller coaster right now. That whole bullpen is a roller coaster right now for them. So appreciate the text on that. It's um, a heck of a weekend, really, because every team, you know, I mean, the Diamondbacks are fighting, too. It's, it's oh going to be it's, a heck
1: of a baseball well, weekend to a, wrap
2: it up. It's a head-on-a-swivel weekend, no doubt, because you're going to have to have multiple TVs. You're going to be watching the Ryder Cup in the morning, college football. Uh, pro football with the Cowboys and Patriots, Texans and Steelers, and then yeah, I mean um, the baseball. We'll know as of Monday who's going where, uh, and and you know how the playoffs play out. But you're right. I mean it's it's the Blue Jay. There are four teams fighting for two spots in the National League or in the American League, I should say. And um, National League is equally as compelling with uh, three games to go. So, yeah, yeah, I've never believed that a team that
1: doesn't have stakes in it at the end, you know, the idea of a spoiler and it really matters to go out taking another team out. I don't buy that stuff at all. If you if a playoff is on the line, you play harder and the intensity is way up. So it's going to be hellacious
2: baseball. It is. I mean, look, look. right now Tampa is, as we know, Rangers have a good chance to clinch the division now. Their lead is a game and a half over Houston after last night's stinging loss. Uh, Houston plays the Diamondbacks this weekend, and the Diamondbacks are certainly right now holding down the second wild-card spot in the National League behind Philadelphia. A uh, game and a half up on Miami and the Cubs, and the Cubs are collapsing right now. Cubs, speaking of bad bullpens, the Cubs have just, what do we have the stat uh you know, they, they just Speaking have to... of something to feel good about. Yeah, you don't like the Cubs. Well, look, how about this? The Cubs have set a record. In the month of September, they've lost five games when leading eighth inning or later. Five times. Including a game the other night where the center fielder just dropped the ball. Like he lost the ball in the lights or whatever at Wrigley Field, and that's how they ended up losing the game to the Braves. So yes, uh, Arizona has a lot to play for when they play the Astros this weekend. They beat the White Sox yesterday, or had a, you know they were off too. They beat the White Sox on Wednesday. So yeah, it's going to be re- really compelling across your sports landscape uh, this weekend with it's golf, baseball, college and pro football, high school football tonight. We'll preview it all coming back with what's popping. What's popping? Who are you brand home, new whip just hopped I got options. I can pass it. It's like Just Josh. Oh, man. Unbelievable drama in Rome. We mentioned Scotty Scheffler hit a huge seven-footer to put the uh, USA's group up. One up going to 18. And then Victor Hovland responded with a about a 25-foot bomb for Birdie that ended up having the match. So, mark that down. That was, I mean, the drama, the crowd, Victor Hovland's reaction on the heels of, of Scotty Scheffler. Um, Because we said, you know, if you you, one up, Monty, if you go to 18 and you par the hole, one of you pars the hole, because remember, you're playing best ball. So each of your balls count. You take the lowest score. uh, You're probably going to win because they need a birdie. And Victor Hovland made an absolute bomb. I mean, it was a beautiful putt and read. It it turned to the right down the hill right at the hole. And it had just enough gas to to the last rotation. It rolled in the hole for a birdie. And uh, that that's a. Can't say killer, but it was a huge moment. And now that that was the first group of the day, so in the first five matches of the Ryder Cup, officially, the uh, the Euros lead it four and a half to half. So we a uh, half point after five. Yes, a half point and after five, and it could have been three one.
1: What was and, just going on with Roar. or four one? What was just? I going didn't on see with...
2: what was going on. With... I didn't see that he
0: uh, he got one within like 15, 10, 15 feet for the the win. Uh, they haven't. Putted yet, but if he makes it, they're going to now win
2: Rory's playing in the last group. That they're yeah. they're hammering us in that one, but the I mean that, that there was a chance right there if Hoblin doesn't make that putt for the U.S. to go win 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 to finish up the afternoon rounds and then lose that final match, which we said would have been five three. Instead, it's going to be you know five and a half to to three and a, two and a half or something along those lines right now for the U.S.A. because they won zero matches early, um, so. Yeah, bummer for that, but great putt, man. The the Victor Hovland we said he's been playing he's better than any golfer on the planet the last couple of months, and uh, he just showed that. That was an unbelievable putt. Um, but Let me
1: ask you does he does he look like Rory? Because I may have seen him do that and called it Rory McIlroy. Does he look Hoblin, like him? a little bit? Hovland can yeah, I guess okay. in, in the shadows. All maybe. golfers. All Especially when they're all dressed
0: like. in the same uniforms. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Justin Tom- T- Thomas and Jordan Smith look like brothers. Yeah. Me.
2: Yeah. Okay. No, I saw that putt. It was very dramatic. I just. Golly. Yeah. That was not Roy. That was Victor Hovland. Gotcha. The, uh, the Dutchman. The uh, Vic- Dutchman. Vic- Victor Hovland. Uh, that was, that was pretty awesome. That was. I mean, to see it go. Punch. Counter punch. A seventeen birdie. Eighteen birdie. And uh, we'll see because uh, there it is. They there. So now it, the the official score is now. Uh, five-and-a-half to half because Rory and his group uh, just closed out. And um, so right now the the United States needs to hold on right now to match two and match three because they're one-up. Uh, John Rahm, uh, excuse me, Scotty, oh, Scheffler, they just. Okay, there we go. Yeah, that's the Victor Hovland putt to beat Thomas and Spieth. All right, so, yes, that's tied. The. Wonder if, I was going to say, I wonder if Victor Hovland knows uh, Max Verstappen since they're both from <laughs> Holland.
1: You know, I mean, seriously, I wonder. All
2: right, sure so they... so now I'm confusing myself here because the the Hovland putt was against JT and Justin Spieth. Thomas and Spieth. It just happened on 18. Scheffler's group still leads. Okay, Scheffler hit his putt on 17. He they're waiting to play 18, and they were waiting to see if Hovland made the putt. So Scheffler, Kepka, Rom, Hodgegard. Uh, the putt that Hovland made on 18 was to beat Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth, but equally compelling as far as the drama, crowds, reaction, and that's what makes the Ryder Cup every two years something uh, unlike any other. Man, it's, uh, it's like it's like the Masters itself. Uh, that's a it's moniker. And and Ty asked me that during the break. Do they do they get paid? Is there a, a pri- their prize money for the Ryder Cup? There is not. It's all for glory. It's all it's, for the yeah. The, now the, they get they get the Ryder Cup is its own committee and everything, right? Its own entity. Yes. Uh, there's the Presidents Cup, Ryder Cup, and yeah, no, these are, there's not prize money here. You're playing team golf for your country or for your or for Europe, and then in the uh, Presidents Cup, you're playing for you know your country, not Europe, essentially. So south of, South America, South Africa. Australia, anybody not Europe against the USA in the President's Cup.
1: And I said this during the break, but back in the day, the Davis Cup, which is the tennis, tennis equivalent of, of the Ryder Cup, used to be a really big deal and nationally televised and the, the, the players of the day. I mean, it was McEnroe and Borg and and, and, and uh, they were they were really big deals. And I think the Ryder Cup's never been bigger television-wise, and the Davis Cup has just fallen completely off the map. I don't even, you know, see it online still or even, anything. Yeah, there's no
2: presence. i assuming they do it, I guess. I, I assume they know. do, yeah. I mean, just, it's just fallen off the map. All right, some breaking news out of uh, Lawrence, Kansas. Of course, the Longhorns play Kansas tomorrow in football. Uh, there's developing news for the basketball side. Remember former Longhorn guard Arterio Morris, who transferred through the portal to uh, Kansas Uh, This morning has been dismissed from the Jayhawk program after being arrested Friday and charged with rape stemming from an incident that took place earlier this summer. Uh, We know Arterio Morris came to Texas with uh, some baggage out of high school, uh, and now he has been dismissed from the Kansas program. That's a terrible piece of information and news, but that's the breaking news. For um, of course, former McDonald's All-American transferred to Kansas from Texas this off season. Suspended from the program early this month after the suddenly misdemeanor assault charge and plea deal, and now this has come down and Arturo Morris is no longer a Kansas uh, Jayhawk. Uh, all right, so uh, looking forward to tomorrow. Are we ready to go with a two with a noon kick? Oh yeah, I mean a noon start noon kick for our pregame, and then a two thirty kick for the ball game. Uh, but yeah, uh, Rod, Rod Babers will rejoin me tomorrow at uh at two at noon at the mockingbird saloon ty you gonna be there with us tomorrow i will be there all right we're looking forward listening. to that uh it's ty, ty you gave us your uh, sex panther double pick uh that's the oh under in the, the uh, browns ravens game correct yes under 40 and a half i think it was right. under browns ravens but we made our picks earlier if you missed them head-to-head ty and i um going at it all year long ty took texas you're going to you're going to believe in the Longhorns against the Jayhawks yeah, tomorrow. 30 points. I, I 30 know point you point.
1: went 5-0, and o, but what's the overall to this point?
0: I'm
2: leading. I'm down four. I think down we, four I think,
1: out of how, so five we tied games through,
2: each week? We were tied through two weeks. Yeah. Gotcha. I think we both went three and two each of the first two weeks, and then I had the 5-0. and o, I haven't had a losing week yet. So I got USC, Maryland, Houston, Texas State, New England. Uh, Ty has Texas, Colorado, Michigan, UCF, and Southern Miss. I got the Texas State Bobcats. Going head-to-head. Eat them up. Yeah, we're going to have right. two picks right here. Two of our picks going head-to-head. Because I have USC and he has Colorado. I have Texas State. He has the Eagles of Southern Miss. Hey, Monty, thanks a lot coming in and uh, sticking around for five full hours. My pleasure. I always have fun. Thank right you over. for asking me. Sure. Uh, we'll do it again. Rod Babers, though, will be back on Monday. Rod Babers will be back tomorrow with me uh, down there at the Mockingbird Birdsland getting ready for Texas and kansas and remember with our friends at inside texas and the on texas football channel i will be hosting their in-game watch tomorrow with all the insiders so about 2:15, we'll fire it up i'll be doing the whole peyton and eli manning thing we talk about the game as the game happens in real time with in-depth analysis with the insiders and the experts at inside texas so check that out uh, it's really a, a fun way to watch the game if you're not at the game turn the sound down or just Put, you know, put it on your iPad, put it on your, your your computer, wherever you can watch YouTube, and we'll be there for you. 2.15 all the way to the end of the game. That'll be tomorrow on, on Texas football. And, of course, here on the Horn, Monty, pregame at 2 o'clock uh, noon from Mockingbird Saloon. It'll be a good time. I'll be listening. Thank you, Ty. Everybody have a great uh, weekend. We'll be talking about everything that's going on on Monday. Remember, if you missed Bill Schoening or any of our conversations this morning, the podcast will be there at hornfm.com. Jim Rome is next.